He stabbed him right in the day room in front of everybody. Did not care at all. Even right in front of the police. Yo, what's poppin', man? This is E.I. the King, and this is the Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the incarceration. See, that was my dog, who I just got a letter from and about a month ago. So I was trying to send my dog like videos on JPEG and emails. And for some reason, like it wasn't working, it wasn't sending. And I keep in contact with a whole bunch of my dogs. And I don't know why I wasn't able to contact him. And, you know, this is like my dog, man. I did years with him. He was actually my tattoo man, did a lot of my tattoos. You know, I had a couple different tattoo guys, but he did a lot of mine. And this is my dog, most importantly. So I've been trying to contact him since I've been home and I, you know, wasn't able to. So then I finally get like a three-way call from somebody, you know, like in his dorm. And my dog is on CM, which is closed management. That means like, okay, like you're locked down in a confinement cell for like 23 hours a day. And it's like CM is normally longer than a year. You know, most guys, they get CM for like one year, two years, three years. Depends what they did and how they're acting while they're back there. Some guys can stay on CM for close management for five years, 10 years. It all depends like how they're living when they get back there. So when my dog calls me on this three-way call, he only had a couple minutes, you know, so we're just catching up. It's great to hear from him. And I asked him what he did. He said, man, I wet somebody. That means he stabbed somebody. And I'm like, what happened? He said, bro, I can't talk about it on the phone, so I'm going to write you a letter. And when he wrote me a letter, he explained to me that he was messing with, you know, a police, you know, a, a woman officer. And uh, this dude was just hating on him and rode a kite on him and snitched on him and uh, got her moved to like, you know, normally whenever like the administration is notified or someone like snitches and they do the little investigation and there's like some type of proof that one of the woman officers is like in a relationship with an inmate, they'll move her uh, and they'll lock up the inmate. So uh, my dog got locked up under investigation and he had some proof that this guy that he suspected snitched on him, wrote a kite on him. A kite is like a request form or some type of letter they'll put in the, the little mailbox. You know, it's like a inmate request box. So a lot of like snitches in the chain gang, they be snitching on the low. They be writing kites is what they call them. You know, like for whatever reason, hating that this dude got a phone or telling about gang stuff you know what i mean some snitches man they snitch face to face with the police they'll be you know brought back to administration or classification or they'll just pull up on the police officer however but you know you got some snitches they just you know write kites or i don't know they just they snitch however they want to so this guy apparently wrote a kite on my dog and brought the administration's awareness of his my dog's relationship with this woman uh got my dog locked up got the girl moved and when my dog came out man he was pissed he was hot and uh he wet him up you know stabbed him in front of everybody you know right in the middle of the day room didn't even care so let's get to it man prison romance part two so whenever you land a female 
once again, I want to go ahead and clarify if I use verbiage or say things that offends you as a woman or that can be maybe like, I'm not by no means trying to degrade any women. Women, all of you are queens that God has created. I love you all to death. But maybe it's just because of the verbiage from prison and the way that I explain this. Once again, there's no ill intention on my part. Some of this may be negative, And if it offends you, I don't intend to. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get that out the way. All right, so if you land you a female, if you're an inmate in prison, you got it made. I mentioned the last, you know, the first part one of prison romance. You know, that's like the majority of any inmate's fantasy is to be in a relationship, you know, with a woman officer. Of course, you know, the guy who's being deprived from female interaction, you know, if he's especially if he doesn't have any women riding out with him, you know what I mean? It means the world if you're incarcerated just to get a piece of mail. Like, I will, I'll go into that later, but you have no idea the feeling of just longing to hear your name called at the end of the night when the police officer is handing out mail at the flap. Testa, yes, I got mail. Who's it from? You know what I mean? Oh, it's from that baby, man. It's from that girl I'm talking to. You know what I mean? That means the world to, you know, an incarcerated man because you're removed from like all like female interaction. So to be able to get on the phone and call your girlfriend, if you're in a relationship or call a girl, even if it's your home girl or a girl, you know, from the streets or to get visitation and a hug and kiss them. So that means the world to an incarcerated man because you're removed from society, man. You know what I mean? So you're longing for that tension, that female interaction, the intimacy. So it's the prison fantasy for an inmate to be in a relationship with a woman officer, especially like sexually, you know, like an inmate who's on that, you know, you'll be fantasizing about like, you know, busting off to the mop closet, you know what I mean, with the female officer and having sex with her in there and all that stuff. So the point I'm getting at, if you're in a relationship and you're incarcerated, man, you got it made. That's like, you know, the the highest point of living, of being incarcerated when it comes to like maybe like some shallow things. And the reason why is like, yo, like, first of all, you got like that attention from a woman, especially if she's like attractive, you're attracted to her. You know what I mean? Something you're deprived of for years. You know, just having that conversation, building with her. She likes you. You like her or you fall in love. She falls in love. Uh, So you got somebody you could talk to every day face to face. But also, too, man, what is she going to do, bro? She's going to bring you food. That's going to be the first thing. She's going to bring you food before you even start the relationship. If she's feeling you, she's going to break you off, man. You know, most of these, you know, officers, they bring their lunch. They got canteen up front you know, to the beginning of the administration building, you know, whenever they go on their breaks, they got canteen, you know, they sell food in there and they got like better canteen. It's kind of like it's street food, you know, so this stuff, that type of food's not sold on, you know, the inmate canteen. So um, like, you know, you're talking to her like, hey, can you give me, you know, you already know what they got, like, you know, at the, uh, the, um, the administration canteen, like, yo, they got that Caesar salad up there, right? Yo, can you grab me one? Or you don't even got to ask for it. She's bringing you street food. She's bringing you home-cooked meals. She's bringing you McDonald's or, you know, she classes, she won't bring you a steak. You know, so that right there means the world to somebody who hasn't had that in years. And that's just like scratching the surface. But that in itself is monumental. It's huge. All right. So not only is she bringing you food um, and you have that intimacy, but of course, like, yo, like, 
you may be kissing her, you may be having sex with her, you guys break off in the mop closet or, you know, or go back and clean like the staff bathroom or in the breezeway or wherever you're working at or if you're in food service and the freezer or in the in the storage room or in the swill room, like it can go down anywhere. Uh, but not just that, but um, especially for the guys who are trying to make plays in prison, you know, they're trying to get money. I know people who they're making like, yo, they, you can make, they're making six figures in prison. Not everybody, but you got some hustlers in the chain game, bro. They're selling phones for a thousand dollars a piece, $1,200 that they're only paying a couple hundred dollars for, you know, a couple hundred dollars at the phone, maybe a couple hundred dollars for the route. You know, they can run it up in prison. I've seen guys cash apps, you know what I mean? 25000 it blows my mind how much money people can make in prison, selling phones, selling drugs, selling tobacco, all that crime going on. Uh, <laughs> not trying to spray too much, but obviously even the the administration of prisons, they're aware of it. They know what's going on. Um, so the point I'm getting at is if a guy's in a relationship with an officer and he's on that type of time, he's already like, you know, trying to sell phones. He's a dope boy. He's a hustler from the street. He's doing the same thing in prison. That's going to be his number one go-to. The whole reason why he got in this relationship or even pulled up on this girl or began to pursue her, you know, and to build with her is because he's trying to put that money on her. She's only getting paid, what, $15 an hour? $16 an hour, maybe 18 maybe less than that, 12 14 He going to give her a band every time she brings 10 phones. You know, he wants her to do that once, twice a week. You know, ain't no telling, like, the the process or each individual circumstance can be different, but he's trying to give her that bag. Why? Because he's going to make that bag. So the little bit that he can give her for bringing the stuff in, whether it be drugs or phones or cigarettes or whatever it may be, man, he's going to make a killing. And she's trying to get that bag, too. And she may even came there with the motive to, like, try to stay out of that. But sometimes that money can be tempting. But then you also got women officers, yo, <laughs> they start working in prison to get that bag. That's why they came there. I've had plenty of women officers pull up on me and uh, be like, yo, what's up? Let's run. I'm talking about, like, sometimes they were, like, moving, like, too loose like you don't even know me like that and plus two while i was incarcerated like number one i wasn't on that type of time i was living for the glory of christ jesus and as god transformed my life while in prison of course i hop on the phone every now and then you know what i mean but i'm not in there selling phones and definitely not selling drugs or not trying to make money like that at all i'm no nah, like the money that people are sending me i'm send, sending to my kids my mom whatever but nah, i wasn't on that type of time but the point i'm getting at is some of the women who start working at prison they're coming in there with that mindset i've had women officers pull up on me say what's up just running up let's get that bag just because they like the way that I move and they feel like they could build with me or whatever, or maybe they found me attractive and they wanted to, you know, have a relationship as well. I don't know, but I've had women officers approach me too. They just wanting like to, yo, what's up? So you got some women who begin working at prison just to run that bag up. They're trying to get paid. And a lot of them do. Some of them get caught, some of them don't. But that's definitely um a reality, a part of the romance in prison. So that's, let me get back to that. So it's a dream for the inmate to be in a relationship with the woman officer because it's going to be perks, man. It's going to be a lot of perks depending upon how the inmate's living and where he's going with it. You know what I mean? It can be multiple different things, but the reality is it's better than not having no relationship, <laughs> you know, or just being all alone. I mean, once again, that's if you're on that type of time. So it's all boils down to personality and how you're living. Uh, but also, too, now, whenever you start a relationship with a woman officer, 
people are going to know. And less like you are that guy. Listen, now I mentioned the first part one. If you haven't seen part one, go ahead and watch part one too after this video, man. Prison Romance Part 1. So listen now, you got that character, that type of guy in prison, that inmate who he got bodies. You know what I mean? Like not like murder bodies, but like sexual bodies. He didn't got plenty relationships with staff. So he's experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's the finesser. He's the player. He's coming in there to get a route, to get the avenue, to get drugs in, phones. And that's his whole intention with building this relationship. So this guy, you know, he may be able to keep other people out of his game room. He may be that smooth to where, like, you know, he can have people not notice. But for the most part, bro, people are going to notice that you're in a relationship with a woman officer. Why? Because inmates in prison, survival instinct, you watch everything. You have to. You are literally watching your entire surroundings at all times. Always see everything. And some people are just point, like flat out nosy. Some people, they're on that type of time to where they're trying to have a relationship with a woman. So they're watching her just as much as you're watching her. So they're watching her every move. So while they're watching her, they're watching her eyes always go to you. They're watching every time you talk to her, they see that. Every time that you're at the flap, you know what I mean, where the, the booth is, where they stay, you know, secluded away from the inmates in the dorm and see you up there talking to her, they see that. You know, so everyone begins to see that, okay. You're talking to her a lot. She's coming to you a lot. She starts talking to you. Or they may see you throw away like a, a styrofoam tray. They don't hand those out in canteen. That's street food. Or they may see you walk away from the flab with chewing on gum. You know what I mean? One wrong move like that. Dang, she gave him gum. She feeling you. You know what I mean? So it's a bad thing when the rest of the inmate population knows you're in a relationship. Why? Because you got haters out there, man. You got snitches. They're going to tell on you, man. They're going to tell on you. So the majority of the time, and I would say 90% of the time, I would say 95% of the time, if not 99, the romantic relationships in prison, for the most part, don't last. I wouldn't say they don't last in length because I know some stories of some guys I know personally who have married nurses as well as sergeants, female officers when they came home from prison. And they done got caught and he done got locked up and he's released and she quit her job and they're married to this day. I know plenty. I know plenty stories like that it happens all the time. But what I'm getting at is 95, 99 percent of these romantic relationships in prison, like they get they get found out. People catch them. And it's because you got so many people. Our eyes are watching everything. And uh, so the reality that I'm getting at, man, is uh even though it's a dope experience and it's the highlight of the moment for that incarcerated man, like chances are he's eventually it's going to like, it's going to fall apart. Um, you know, you guys may break up for whatever personal reasons. She may move on. She's messing with somebody else. Or a lot of the times, man, people see and they snitch, they drop kites and that happens all the time. But also too, not only does it end a lot because people see, people tell either other administration or the inmate population, but also too, man, um, it can lead to other bad things. And that's you losing your sanity. The inmate losing his mind because he's so in love. I remember whenever I was in prison my first time, that's something I'm going to be personal now. 
all throughout my incarceration, I went to prison three times. I've done over 12 years in prison. Every time I've been to prison, every prison I've been at for the most part. And once again, too, just to give you a rundown of like my life while incarcerated, Jesus completely transformed my life in prison. So I wasn't in prison trying to like, you know, pull women and run down on women and have sex with them. But of course, I'm a man. I'm attracted to women. And that's one of my biggest areas of my life that I've always wrestled with. And especially as a believer and follower of Jesus, I wrestle with like, you know, sexual sin and, you know, just desiring to be in relationships with women. So even while I was in prison during these three prison bids, pretty much every prison I went to, I was always challenged with the temptation of being in a relationship with a woman who worked in prison. Uh, for myself, it was a couple of different officers who worked at different prisons I was at, as well as women who worked in food service. Um, so for me, I can say personally, as I'm talking about it can mess with your mind. I remember when I was 18, my first prison bid, uh, there was a woman, she was she was probably, I was 18, she was like 24, maybe she was 26. And I'm green. I don't know nothing about like prison romance, but she's one of them chain gang divas. And she was pretty too. You know what I mean? She was she was bad. She won like, like fine, fine, like Beyonce fine, but she was beautiful, man. And um, of course, I'm 18 years old in prison and, you know, I've been in prison maybe, no, I was probably like 19 then. I've been in prison maybe about a year. So uh, anyways, long story short, I didn't know she was like a chain gang diva because I wasn't that like up to game when it comes to like, you know, how women move in prison and like just the different types of women who are in relationships. But she was definitely one of them girls to where like she was just trying to get attention. She was an attention whore, you know, so but she would like only like she would bounce from inmate to inmate. So she was locked in with me for a while. But I remember like I was like all up in my head. I was like locked in on this girl. You know what I mean? I was like obsessing over her. And uh, the whole point I get to that is that, you know, with me, it was like balance, even though it was like unhealthy in my mind. And maybe I was acting a little crazy, like emotionally, like I ain't go off the deep end and spaz out and do nothing crazy. But for some guys, man, like, yo, that love, that prison romantic relationship can lead to a lot of bad things. Like that talked about in part one, that guy stabbing that female officer in the neck because she broke up with him. Or like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, part two, that my dog stabbed another inmate because he told on him. And it's like, and he was like, you know, a high ranking member in a specific gang. So he was on that type of time anyway, when it comes to somebody snitching on him. But I know for the most part, like from what he shared with me, he didn't just wet up that guy because he snitched on him. He wet up that guy because he loved that girl. And because he just like ruined their relationship, you know, because she got moved to another compound. You know, so like this guy who told on them pretty much had them like their relationship in. And my dog just seeing blood, he just blacked out. So that's what I'm getting at is that even though like these prison romantic relationships may be a good thing for a while for like the inmate, like a lot of times for the most part, it always turns out bad. And especially if the guy can like, you know, lose his mind you know, over this girl, lose his sanity and it can get ugly. Like I've already mentioned some, some stories. Um, but also, too, it can get ugly another way. Man, I done seen some things. I done heard some stories. And I personally know people who, like I mentioned, this normally this can normally fall in the lap of uh, the guy who's the finesser. The guy who's like, you know, that's his intention. That's his approach with women while he's incarcerated. You know, he's the player. He's the one pulling a lot of girls. Normally, this problem happens to him. Normally, this guy, he was a dope boy on the street. He was somebody on the street. So he normally got girls coming to see him weekly, 
whether it's different girls or the same girl, his baby mama or his, his main chick, whatever. So he's normally invisible a lot. And a lot of times you hear stories, and I know people who his girls come on to see him, and he's seeing them every weekend. But the woman that he's in a relationship with who works at the prison, you know, normally like an officer is assigned to a specific dorm. And that's what makes it easy or easier to be in a relationship with a girl. Because if you live in this dorm and she works your dorm, she's assigned to your dorm. And that's why administration, they specifically have it to where like officers can only work at certain posts for a certain amount of time because they try to prevent the consistent interaction. So whenever you have a woman that's assigned to this dorm and you live there, man, they're pulling up on her every day. You know what I mean? They have an in-depth conversation. It gives their time for her to fall in love with him and for him to like build a relationship with her, for, for him to fall in love with her as well. But sometimes they can move them around just like for the day if they're short, that they need somebody to cover over here. So there's a lot of times, a lot of stories to where this girl who's in this relationship with this guy, this player, right? She normally works his dorm. And she normally don't work visitation. Normally she don't even work on the weekends, but she's getting overtime or maybe she heard about his baby mama and she's trying to see things. So maybe she specifically asked for that post for the weekend, whatever the case may be. But guess who's at visitation? That Saturday. Watching her man who she's in a relationship with kiss another woman who's his baby mama. So she's in there, the officer sizing up his baby mama, looking crazy. You know how <laughs> you know how women can get, you know, women, if you're watching this, you already know. They sizing each, this, this officer looking at this girl's side eye. So this girl's looking at, like, her man, like, who is this girl looking at me crazy? So now the baby mama or the girlfriend, whoever is on the street, now she's putting two and two together. He's messing with her. Or sometimes they get to the point where the officer will straight up say something to the girl. And put him on blast and be like, oh, you his girl. Or she may not know that he has a girlfriend or whatever. And she can ruin his long-term relationship. And now she ain't coming to see him. And now she don't want to talk to him. So that's other drama that can result from prison romance. And also, too, man, I'm going to talk about this more in depth in another episode. But I just want to go ahead and give y'all, man, this little sneak peek. Do you know where the love connection is in prison? Like when it comes to the inmate population and women, you know where the love connection is? Food service. It goes down in food service. It goes down in food service. Mark my words, any prison throughout the nation, there's a woman in a food service kitchen in prison who is in love with the inmate who's working there. Hands down. Every prison in America. Food service in prison is the love connection for the chain gang. All right, so I'm not going to go into full detail right now. I will at another time, best believe me. I'm going to have to do a whole episode or a couple episodes on the relationships and interactions that I had with women while I was incarcerated. Uh, but this just give you a brief snapshot. I woke up in the morning. Um, I ain't go to breakfast. I slept all morning. And uh, it's first yard, you know, so they, they call us out the yard. I'm just go brush my teeth real quick. And I think I give me like you know, a cup of coffee, pack of Maria's, and I'm walking out the yard. And I just see like everybody looking at me. And I'm like, what? I got my, my MP3 in about to walk, you know, the track and, you know, spend some time in prayer and then get my early morning workout on. But I see a lot of people like side-eyeing me. A lot of people are looking at me. So I'm like, all right. What's going on? And I say, some people smirking. 
So I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I know I'm not tripping. So then my dog pull up on me and he's like, congratulations. And he's like putting his arms on me and like, you know, like just messing with me. I'm like, bro, what? About what? He's like, bro, man, I heard you got a baby on the way, man. I'm like, what? But my heart dropped. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dog, like everybody talking about you messing with such and such in food service. And they said she's pregnant. I said, bro, my heart drops again. I said, bro, please tell me you're playing. He goes, nah, dog, like everybody's talking about it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, bro. I'm terrified. I'm thinking I'm about to go to jail. Um, but she wasn't pregnant. I never even had sex with her. Uh, but I was not in a relationship, but me and this girl were talking intimately for a while, messing around a little bit. And um People got aware of it, and I guess somebody had dropped a kite on me, and there was, like, a known snitch who was called up to, like, administration, and apparently he had, like, told, like, the LT, and then somebody else from food service was brought up there in question, and um, he banged. So when he came back, like, he let everybody know, like, why he, I think he went up there with, like, a witness with him to make sure he went up there, like, telling to protect his face. So, like, they both came back and, like, damn, like, the whole reason why they was brought up there is because, like, they was asking us if Testa was messing with such and such. So, bam, right there, whole compound knows. Whole compound knows. So I'm cool with everybody anyways. And, you know, people are pull up and pulling up on me and talking about it. But, um, you know, not everybody. Those are, like, touchy subjects and people are trying to stay in their own lane. They don't want to, like, you know, approach you and talk to you about it. But everyone's, it's like the the rumor of the morning, like the chain gang news. So I'm just like, damn, I'm scared. I'm about to go to jail. But that's the whole point that I'm getting at is, yeah, it may be cool for the moment uh, being in some type of like, you know, romantic relationship while in prison. But man, it don't last long, dog. You know, and I wasn't even having sex with a girl. I wasn't even in a relationship with her. You know, we were messing around. We were talking. Uh, because once again, man, I'm following Jesus while I'm incarcerated, active in ministry. God's using me to preach and teach the gospel on the pound and make disciples. And I'm wrestling with this temptation. And some of my few close homies know, you know, who I do ministry with. And they're keeping me accountable in the situation because I'm like in a very like tempting situation because where I work at and I'm the butcher man. So I got all the privacy back there and I'm always in these back rooms with these women. Uh, so I'm telling a few of my dogs who are close to me to hold me accountable. Um, and I'm just keeping it real, confessing my sin to them, what I'm wrestling with. But um, so that this is an example and a brief story about uh, how how fast it can blow up in your face. Um, so, yeah, but thank God, though, I didn't get locked up, nothing. They had no proof. And ultimately, man, I know it was just the, the favor and just the mercy of God. Because, like, even the administration knew my reputation as well. They're like, yo, Testa, of all people, like, the guy who's out there preaching every week. And, you know, like, and I had influence on the compound because, of you know, Christ living through me and, you know, just making disciples on the pound and grinding for ministry. Uh, but the whole reason why I say that is because, once again, uh, a romantic relationship in prison, though fun for the moment, though good, uh, 90% of the time, 95, 99% is going to blow up in your face and it's going to end bad. So listen, enjoy a real healthy relationship in society. Don't go to prison because any romantic relationship is going to result to chaos, man. Stay free. Don't go to prison. 
Hey, listen, man, go ahead and like and subscribe to this channel, The Incarceration Podcast. This is Prison Romance Part 2. We're going to be talking about this a lot more in detail later on. There's so many other different topics and different realities of prison that we're going to talk about. So if you've been to prison, you got some experiences, man, go ahead and share it in the comments. If you got any questions, some things you don't understand, go ahead and put it in the comments. I'll make sure I respond to it. And once again, man, this is your boy, E.I. The King, and this is... The Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is The Incarceration.